Hello, gorgeous, gorgeous ladies. Welcome to the Lioness Method podcast for female business leaders who are passionate about inspiring other women, building amazing teams, and solving real life problems with a growth mindset. I'm your host, Narissa Sue, leadership and legacy coach. And today we're going to be chatting with Anne Raju, owner of Virtufully and leader of the Come Home to You community, where women redefine motherhood and rediscover themselves. So we are gonna chat with her in just a minute. Join us. So welcome, welcome, welcome. So today's guest is Anne, and she is a mom strategist and mentor who creates resources for mothers around the world so that they can feel truly connected to themselves and alive and are taking confident actions towards creating a life they desire and love. She believes that we cannot continue doing motherhood like we have been alone and sacrificing all of ourselves and missing a connection to who we are untethered to our families. She is, and so her journey continues, connecting with amazing, like-minded mothers to create a wonderful community ready to make small but impactful changes every day to integrate our roles as woman, mother, and individual. So Anne is joining us from Germany today, where she lives with her husband and her beautiful sons. And welcome, Anne. Good morning. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yes, no, we're so happy to have you and to share a little bit about about what you do. So tell us a little bit about yourself and the community that you built. Yeah, so where to start, really? Um, I think the community came about based on my own story, because um, I've got two sons now, um, one is seven, and the little one is two and a half. And with the first one, um, I ended up being that super mom who wanted to just, you know, be 150% there for the this little guy. I had an amazing year. Um, maternity leave, I was living in the UK, one year paid, you know, the all the beautiful things we did together was just so nice. Then it was time to go back to work and um, it wasn't so nice anymore because there was this other responsibility and also that other um side of me that was coming back of like, I want to have a career, I want to travel the world. I was working in travel at that time. Um, I, I was hopping on a plane every other week and it was breaking my heart to leave the little guy behind. And there was a lot of confusion and these really mixed emotions. And at the end, I pretty much ended burn, burned out because I was just doing too much motherhood and too little anything else. And I realized that I totally lost who I was. Like I forgot who I was as Anne. Mm -hmm if I wasn't a mom. And um, that's really what got me into doing what I'm doing today because I, I shared that story and I got a lot of feedback in terms of, oh yeah, this is actually happening to me too. And you know, like, thanks for sharing and all this encouragement. And I thought, okay, let's see what, what I can do because I always deeply love motherhood. But it, I realized that maybe the way I was doing it wasn't really sustainable. And there are other ways and that's what i wanted to share and i just love connecting and i think it's so important that we have conversations you know in amongst moms amongst other women to just really learn and teach each other and support each other and that 
yeah, why I started the community and that's why, what I'm doing today. I love that. And there's so much to unpack and uh, unpack there. <laughs> I know that you said that um, you came from the travel and tourism industry and you had this wonderful career before you had your child. And I feel like that is so powerful because I, I think that happens. I really believe that that happens to so many women that we have these careers. Like I came from advertising and, and you just find, oh, oh my gosh, with my child, it's not as sustainable as I thought it was. Um, so I love that you put this community together. And, and what are some of the things that you tackle in the in the Come Home to You community? Yeah, I think a lot of the things we speak about is, you know, coming back to ourselves, who we are, that we don't necessarily have to sacrifice that person. Of course, in the first few years when the baby is really little, they need a lot of our attention. But eventually, a lot of moms end up doing more and giving more that maybe is necessary. And I think a lot of moms have these big expectations of what motherhood is going to be like. And reality very often is different. Um, not everything goes well. Like for me, I had a lot of trouble with my, with my first son sleeping. Uh, it was such a hard journey. And all these things, like we, we create these expectations. We don't reach them. We feel unhappy. We feel not enough we've got a lot of guilt going on um, and for me personally I speak a lot about values because I had forgotten what are my values what is important to me um, and once I rediscovered those it just felt so much clearer and I had like this path and when I had to make decisions in terms of you know wanting to go back to a corporate job or starting a business once I had my values in, 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 in my mind, it was much easier to make decisions. So I like to talk a lot about values, but it's all sorts of things um, from self-care to energy management to healthy habits, anything that really can help a mom to just find a way um, to make things a little bit easier or find a way to, to do all of this with a bit more ease. I, I love that. And, and I couldn't agree more. And in my coaching practice as well, I think focusing on your core values, because a lot of the uh, women that you're probably speaking to and that we're speaking to right now, um, they have had very successful careers. And so they know how to run a business, right? And if we begin to run our lives similarly to how we've been running our business, which is, you know, all the companies that we work for have a set of core values, a mission statement that they follow. So why don't we, right, for our lives, for running the business of our lives? So I love that you tackle values. Um, what are what are some things that you would recommend in kind of discovering what your core values are? Well, I think it's really taking the time to look at them, you know, like really making a date with yourself to really say, okay, what is important to me? What lights me up? And what do what do I want to focus on in my life? And maybe also kind of looking at this transition from before having children to after having children, because what you maybe had in, in mind for your future might be different because you are now a mom or, you know, 10 years down the line, your children are growing up. It, it might change again. Your children getting the teenage years, they're leaving the house. You know, like I think it's important to look at your values on a regular basis. And I think, to really yeah, take the time, write them down and come back to them and think, okay, is that really the, my core value or is that 
which one has priority and then pick like three of them i think you know to really mm -hmm. say okay this is what i'm focused on and run with it yeah i love that and and do you uh, feel like we have values in different areas of our life or are they all pretty much consistent all the way through that's an interesting question but yeah i i do think that um they might be different in different areas depending on, on, on what you do and what your responsibilities are. But I think overarching, there are these bigger values. For example, for me, is the community, the supporting other women. And that would apply personally when I'm with my friends. That would apply in, in my mothering where I'm teaching my children to, to support other um, individuals. It would apply at work. If, if I was still working in corporate, it would be my team members. So I think there are definitely the the really big ones and then it might cascade down in, in different areas yeah in different like sub values i, I really exactly. feel that and i love what you're saying about how our values change because we are not the same woman that we were five years ago or 10 years ago and my goodness maybe not even a year ago with this whole pandemic stuff right absolutely so, yes i love that advice about just constantly kind of reevaluating what is important to you and so it sounds like you have been through a lot to be able to get to this place to lead a community and to have such a strong value system. Like, what are some challenges that you had to break through in order to, to follow your dreams and to kind of step into this role? Yeah. Well, I think the main things were really that I had this confusion of how I felt that I didn't feel happy as a mother, but I was like, but you've got everything you wanted. You've got a beautiful child. You've got a job that is okay. You know, I had flexibility. It was paying me not too bad. I had a wonderful partner. We had moved to Mauritius. We had a house, pool, sunshine, beach, you know, <laughs> what else can you ask for? But I wasn't happy and I felt really confused. Exactly. I was like, this is what you wanted. Why, why are you not happy? And I felt really guilty because I kept thinking, somehow there must be more. But I couldn't put my finger on and then um, unfortunately my mom passed away very um, unexpectedly and suddenly and she was still very young 56 years old and that obviously was that moment of like awakening of like what am I doing with my life it could it could just end at any time and you don't know and I'm just yeah, I've got like ideas and dreams and I, I already had been thinking about starting a business or I, I love being creative. I, I had a little craft business on the side, but I didn't feel confident enough to do it, to put it out there. And when that happened with my mom, I was like, yeah, but if I don't put it out there, it will never get out there and I will never do the things that really light me up. And that was really the moment when I was like, I just got to do it no matter what. I fall, I fail, I fall. I make a fool out of myself. It doesn't okay. matter. At least I tried, you know, at least mm -hmm. I did everything possible for me to make this life that I have the best life I can lead, you know, and, and, and that was the, the, the big moment. And then I had my second child. Um, just when I had decided that it actually, it, it took quite long to get pregnant again with my second one. And I kind of had to decide, okay, if it doesn't happen, we're just going to have the one and I'm going to focus on my business. And then I got pregnant. I was like, all right. <laughs> That's nice. always when it happens, okay. right? When we're like, okay, I'm, just, I'm exactly. Perfect. Everything's okay the way it is. And then boom. <laughs> exactly. 
what's happening? Anyway, like, you know, I was, it was happy. It was great that we've got the two boys and all. And um, I took my maternity leave, was supposed to come back. And then they said, no, sorry, we've got to make you redundant. And that moment was like, okay, I actually don't want to come back. I'm going to try to do some, some, some business of my own. And, and that was, yeah, I didn't really expect it. So I had no idea what I was going to do. And I had no idea how I was going to do it. And that was just in February before the pandemic. So in March, we went into first lockdown. February, I had launched my business. My son was like six months old, uh, my little one. And it was just, it was not the best time to launch a business. But anyway, there I was. I was like, I, I'm doing it. And, and I went for it. And definitely that was quite a challenge. Well, I don't know. I'd venture to say it was the perfect time for you to launch that business because it seems like it's working out now, right? So... I think it's, it's yeah, in hindsight, but definitely. Yeah. No, I totally, it, it wasn't easy. such it's, a big and scary decision, right? Because it, yeah. it's not easy. There's so many moving parts no. that are. And my husband play. went, you know, because of pandemic, my husband works in tourism and in Mauritius, the whole tourism industry shut down for almost two years. And there was at least good six months where he uh, had half. I'm not sure. Yeah, because he was on um, voluntary leave and all. So he had half pay. I had no income. And that was definitely not a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that would be scary. Uh, and you persevered. So what are some things that you did that helped you get there? Or to um, gain I think the main part was to just go and do it. You know, I had a lot of fears and a lot of confidence issues, but I really just put them on the side and said, like, I'm just going to do it. I'm giving it my best and my best is good enough. And not everyone needs to like me. Not everyone needs to enjoy what I'm doing. I'm just going to put <laughs> it out there. And I think I've always authentically shared that as well. Like, OK, I don't know what I'm doing, really, but I'm doing it. <laughs> and people really I can so relate to that. And thanks for just saying that you're scared and that you don't know. And and that's, I think, was the main part. Just little things, one step at a time, and then being persistent as well, you know, not give. Looks like our internet connection is having a little bit of a challenge, but I know Anne's going to be back. But I love what Two she's days. saying, you I guys, about being yeah. fearless. Oh, there you are. You're back. Yeah, my internet is a bit crappy these days. It's been on and off. I don't know. They must be fixing some cables on the island. No, I, I, you know, I think it might be a little universal. It's just been a little bit shaky all the way around, I feel like. So not to worry. But yeah, so you were uh, talking and I love that. So basically just showing up courageously and and imperfectly, right? You're just like, here I am, I'm doing this thing, you know, and, I, and I'm just making it happen one step at a time. Oh no, I think we lost you again. But I, I do love that because you have to have courage, oh, ladies. Oh, yes, it's uh, annoying. It's been happening all the time these days. It's, it's okay. I was just talking about how um, wonderful it is that you're just jumping out there and being willing to do things imperfectly. Because I think that's what real, real leadership truly is, is. It's not about being perfect. It's not about having all the right words. It's about 
standing up and saying, I'm willing to, to take on this role and to do it imperfectly and just showing up authentically. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's going to be messy. <laughs> exactly. And surprisingly, it, it is somehow really inspirational to a lot of people because I think this fear that I felt well a lot of people fear so if you actually go and do it it's it's somehow it's like oh yes she is doing it I got a lot of these comments which I did not expect at all well that's beautiful I think you said it like you're I know that's beautiful. I know that you were saying that you're really just inspiring others by just being yourself, right? Because that's always enough. See if that works better. <laughs> can you hear me okay? Maybe yeah. I hope this can work now. Loud and clear. Yes. So no, it's perfect. I know it's the internet. What are we going to do? But I, I'd love to hear more about how you have been able to build confidence because I know that's something that you've mentioned a couple of times. So what are some things that you have yeah. done to, to feel like you're enough and to be confident in this leadership role that you're doing wonderfully? Well, I think, first of all, it's being less critical about myself, like really saying good is good enough. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and I think I started with something, you know, just something that I thought, okay, I can do it. And yes, it was maybe not comfortable, but I was able to do it. And um, I kept doing it for a while and I got better. And I took the next step of, for example, video conversations, I was really scared of putting a video on, going live on Facebook or Instagram, things like that. I was really, really scared. But I did it in some sort of way, very short, quick. Um, like I committed, I think it was one, it was the first Christmas, I had a Christmas calendar where I decided I would go live in my tiny Facebook group every single day until the 31st of December and I would share something. <laughs> and that's what I did and it took away the fear because I was just doing it um, no matter how many people watched, I mean, there was days when no one watched, but I still did it for myself. You know, I didn't do it necessarily for this big audience, anyone looking, but really, hey, you've got fear of video, just put it on and talk to yourself. <laughs> and um, that's what I did. And the same with like, um, I started out writing email newsletters quite regularly. Initially, I didn't like writing. Now I love writing because I've been doing it every week for two years. And it's, you know, like I've, I really realized that when you practice, when you do something over and over again, you get better. And yes, you start maybe at a, at a crappy level, but it improves with time. And that's, <laughs> that's what matters. And people stick around, people don't stick around. So be it, you know, it's, yeah, that's I think the main part. I, I love that. I think what you're describing is progress, baby steps, like just making progress over perfection, right? And just allow it, giving ourselves some grace because everybody is in a state of learning and nobody has this stuff figured out. I think that's the biggest joke. But when we become adults, we're, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I looked around, I was like, these adults really know what's going on. You know, and you're almost <laughs> like you're following them because they're like, oh, this person knows what they're doing. And then the older you get, you realize I'm like, oh my God, nobody knows no. what the heck is going on. No We're all just exactly. <laughs> It's so funny. 
And I love what you're saying about just jumping in and sharing in your Facebook group. Cause I, I feel like that's a, a hurdle. A lot of entrepreneurs and, and uh, face in their business is they have this beautiful product or this service or this thing that they want to share with the world. And they're really, really afraid to get on camera and talk about it. Right. Because they don't want to feel like an imposter or uh, feel like they don't come across perfectly. It's that whole fear of looking good. Right. Yes. So, um, and I know that you and I had uh, the pleasure of uh, working together around this specific topic. Would you feel comfortable sharing a little bit about your experience about our, our session? Yeah, sure. I mean, the session was amazing, so I'm happy to, to share. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Where do you want me to, to start? Just um, where, where share how I felt, is. what we did. Yes. How, yeah, I mean, you, you came into the membership to so that we would talk a little bit about imposter syndrome. And you took me through, um, I think it's called the timeline, timeline coaching. Yeah, yeah we, like we went you, on a little that journey. Timeline exercise, exactly. Mm -hmm. We went on the journey into the past. And um, to try and find out where this, um, where this feeling, and I think we pinpointed that mainly I felt imposter syndrome about my worth and my value, like to other people. Um, so we tried to find out where this came from. And we went back into the past and we went quite far, much further than I had expected <laughs> and came to this rather small incidence now that I look at it, where in kindergarten, I was forced to drink milk and I hated milk. So I would have to sit on that tiny table facing the wall every day, having my lunch and drinking my glass of milk. And I wouldn't be allowed to get up before I had finished that glass of milk. And most of the days after that, I would run to the toilet and throw up. And for me, that was so impactful that I felt um, not valued. Not I'm not worth the attention. I'm not worth the compromise. Okay, she doesn't like milk. She can't do that. You know, let her be. I was forced to drink that thing that was really disgusting to me mm -hmm. and um and you made me realize in that moment that what happened there didn't have anything to do with me really with me as Anne, that little girl it was some sort of thing that was going on for that kindergarten teacher who probably just felt like you know old-fashioned uh, parenting super strict you've got to do what i say and everyone has to drink their milk and there you go this is what we're going to do um but for me, somehow it, it turned into, this is about me and they don't love me. They don't care about me. And then there was further incidents in life. Like we went to this other um, moment in life where I had this like close friend who I was looking up to, who I admired, who humiliated me in front of all my friends. And again, that I internalized that as like, I'm not valued, I'm not worth to, you know, to, to, to be loved and all of that. And, um, that was interesting because, I mean, I knew it came from childhood, but I never really went back and thought about what are the incidents. Because I, I always think I had amazing parents. They were loving, caring. Um, I had no major trauma in my childhood, yet I have a lot of disconfidence. And, I mean, I remember, like, later in life I had, I had to stand on a stage and I was laughed at because I was, like, wiggling with my dress and someone was making a joke about it. But it really burned into my my sense of worth and my confidence and yeah and that was just amazing that you took me back you know like until i don't know how old i was four 
probably five. Yeah, you were very young, right? And and all the things that you're saying are so important because a lot of times, like our subconscious mind is really what holds on to all these memories. And it, it, it can't distinguish, like when you say it wasn't major trauma, right? But it's the it's the traumatic the traumatic event is is how you felt felt inside at that moment when you were five years old, right? And so it could be different levels for every person, but it doesn't negate that it created pain there, right? Pain that wanted to be released and emotional charge. So when you were able to release that out of those specific events without necessarily having to reassociate into that, those feelings, like how were you ultimately able to feel at the end of your journey? I felt, I think I felt relieved that you know, this was okay, this happened, but it doesn't mean anything about you as, as a person. It's an event. Um, I think I felt really relieved, but also looking at it from like this grown up perspective now uh, and putting it in perspective of like, you know, that was really back then when I was four or five, it doesn't matter today. It doesn't have, you know, it, it's not it shouldn't play a role in, in, you know, how I feel about myself today because I have achieved certain things and um, I deserve the things and, and, you know, I'm worth the things. And that was really just to understand that, you know, the fear of like showing up in my business and building that community and shouting it from the rooftop goes back to when I was five. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just like, really? And come yeah. on, like, yeah, I think this was the other emotion. Well, and it's like, so no. human. It's so human, right? It just means that you're a human being, right? And yeah. so now how do you feel about being enough and about being showing up authentically in your business? Yeah, I think definitely, I mean, confidence, again, is growing with every step I take because mm -hmm. I show up, I do it, I see some success. Success is building, makes you feel good. Um, but I think for me personally, how I speak to myself has changed of like, you know, like, and you're worth it and you can do this. And even if it's imperfect and messy, you can still do this. And I think it's again, like connecting the values and knowing what my passion is. And I really want to do this and I really want to make this work. And I'm not going to have these confidence issues. Let me stop. I don't want them to, to have this power over me. So, mm. I also try now to kind of turn around this. I mean, I still get very nervous when I have to go on camera, but I'm trying to turn that around and tell myself, no, I'm actually excited. I'm mm -hmm. actually really happy that I have the opportunity to speak to you today and to share my message and, and to show up on camera. And instead of feeling nervous and, and, and anxious about it, I'm like, no, this is cool. I like doing this. Let's do it. <laughs> this is so fun. I think, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I love that. And you have such a beautiful message to share. And I, I believe everything that you're sharing right now resonates with so many women out there and men, actually. I think that imposter syndrome, not feeling like we're enough, I think those are human beliefs, right? If there was two beliefs that I encounter uh, very often, it's around being lovable, uh, being valued, or I guess there's three, being lovable, being valued, and being enough, right? So uh so that kind of wraps it all up and it's, it's very human. And the, and when we're able to kind of tackle that, it just opens up a whole, expands a whole new level of leadership. So you, um, so you can serve, ultimately serve the women that you're serving. 
So what, and thank you so much for sharing about your experience. I just really appreciate you um, for, for doing that. I appreciate that you did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was my pleasure. Uh, so what other ways are you finding uh, inspiration and maintaining clarity for what you do? Mm, okay. I think for me, I, I always struggle to, to integrate things like journaling or meditation. Um, I'm quite always on the go. I, I, I'm more, I'm, I want to be productive and I'm finding it hard to shut down. But I realized that taking it a little bit slower and taking time to think and, you know, put things out of my head onto paper sometimes really helps. So I created a little uh, kind of morning routine um, that is not, I wouldn't call it journaling, but it's, it really looks at my goals for the day, my intention, and I forgot the third one now. Out of my mind now, <laughs> exactly thank you very much exactly yeah. and that's really quickly look three bullet bullet points for each and mm -hmm. i do that not straight in the morning because my kids are very early risers and they're very active and they don't give me a break in the morning but i do that <laughs> once they're out of the house and i sit down on my desk and before i start work so i take minutes to do that and that really helps and i also realize that creativity is very important to me. I used to do a lot of like crafts, macrame, sewing, drawing, and because I got so busy, I stopped. But I often do, I don't know what you actually call that, but co coloring those mandalas. You oh, know, I've yes. got this little book and I color them, and that just calms me down so mm -hmm. much. That is, that is a meditation all within itself. Exactly. So I don't meditate with like the sense of like sitting down, closing my eyes, and but this coloring, that really is my form of meditating and my little creativity boost, which really helps me to, yeah, to, to think and ideas come from that. And, and yeah, again, taking time to process things, which I did not always do because I was always on the run, but it's important to take time. Beautiful. I love that. Yes. Rest is a form of self-care. You know, especially for those of us that are running, running, like we were talking before we got on the podcast about or are you on your second or third shift today? <laughs> As working moms, there's like three shifts during the day. So you're like, what shift are you on right now? So, well, wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today and for just sharing from your hearts. Um, what is the best way for uh, people to get in contact with you and to find out more about what you're doing? Do you have a, a website or what's your Instagram handle? Yeah, so website is comehometoyou.net. So this is where the community um, space where you find out about the community. And on Instagram, I'm underscore Anraju underscore. So A-N-N-E-R-A-J-O-O. -O. Um, and that's, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not there crazy amount, but this is <laughs> the only social media I use really. So um, yeah, connect with me there. That's the best thing. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much, Anne. This was so much fun and uh, we really appreciate you. And to, to you, if you're listening to this podcast all the way through to the end, I really appreciate you and keep listening, like, and share this content so we can continue to create good content for you. And if you have any questions for us, please feel free to reach out directly. I'll put our information in the show notes so you have it. 
and you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. And until next time, live in gratitude and be light. Okay, bye for now. Bye, thank you.